0: What is going on? This is Michael Hacker with the Hacker Outdoors podcast. Today, I'm joined with Joey McCormick, who is joining us from South Carolina. Of course, he's back in Myrtle Beach. He gives us a quick run through on his, uh, I would call it an epic day fishing, and I don't throw that word around lightly. Uh, I believe he said almost 90 fish. In the span of two days in a private pond uh, with his buddy Brennan, and then we get into summertime travel, um, kind of a little bit of nostalgic you know, walk down memory lane for the two of us uh, about building memories and, of course, uh, road trips and the great American West. So, without further ado, we'll jump right in. I don't even know, I don't even know what to say right now, Joe. That is, uh, looks like Myrtle Beach is hopping and popping down there right now. Um, Although it's probably just as warm up here as it is down there today. What do you got today down there How weather-wise? Yeah. Oh, I think it's 82. Yeah, we're about that too. We are about that too.
1: Sunday is supposed to be like 90 degrees at home and it's always supposed to be like 80 down here. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Let's well, see what the temperature says. Let's see. How was your How was your camera thing?
0: My demo, uh, demo uh, camera systems. You know, part of my job. Uh, you know, encompasses all things uh, technology. So, uh, demoing some pretty cool technology features, which should scare the ever living bejesus out of people if you knew what cameras could do and see and you know detect you and uh, yeah uh
1: 79,
0: 79 degrees 79 watch it. hey hey siri what's the temperature 79 degrees outside high of 81 how the hell did
1: that
0: work i don't know that's a good, good question bro so J- joey welcome to the hacker outdoors podcast we are Joined live today with Joey down in Myrtle Beach. He is wearing, for those of you, of course, since none of you can see, since this is going to be audio only, he is wearing his Shred Zeppelin t shirt. He's had a pretty epic week. I'll let him talk to uh, that himself. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about summertime travel. Um, so we, of course, missed you last week, Joe. We talked a little bit about springtime camping. Um, you know, we course know that i'm headed camping at some point this week and uh yeah got the gopro ready been testing the camera out just posted a new video on the youtubes uh i should say it finally went live this morning um so if you have not seen that go check that out uh i gotta be honest man like it's a cool camera it takes good you know good video i'm trying to use the voice detail the voice activation and it is such a pain in the ass i'm like screaming at the thing i'm like GoPro take video as I'm like hooking into a bass and it's like it's not taking a video I'm like take video take video take video <laughs> um, so you know still got to work out the little bit of kinks in it and then um, you know yeah you'll see if you watch the video there's I, I left I cut all that out I should do a reel where I show like me yelling at the camera where it kicks on finally and it starts recording about I think five seconds before you say GoPro start camera. So you hear me saying GoPro, you know, start recording or whatever. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's kind of silly that it does that. I feel like the audio shouldn't kick on right away, especially if it's hearing you say GoPro start recording because it's obviously going to make it into your, into your shot. Um, But uh, you're right over
1: there. Yeah, I got the hiccups. Brennan has his, like, I think it just records like on a loop every, oh my gosh, every 10 minutes. And then like the least in three films, but it like drains his battery. So fast. I, I think the way you're doing it's probably a whole heck of a lot better.
0: Yeah. I don't want to keep it recording. Cause it, it is, I mean, in doing that, it's, I mean, it's supposedly shooting in 10 K I'm sorry, five, four K. Um, and I didn't get quite that when I uploaded the video, I think because I added some additional features to it that brought it down to 1080p. but, um, it, you really do drain that battery, man. Even that, you know, continuously, you know, GoPros, you know, start recording, and it. it's, uh it eats it up, man. It was down to like 20% at the end of like a three hour fishing trip.
1: Well, that's, that's pretty good because he, I think he got like three batteries. And when we go, he's through his three batteries. I, I, I don't know. I think there's a way you can tweak the setting, tweak the settings to get it better. Um, who knows? Like you said, you gotta play with it, but uh, yeah. What do you want to hear about my amazing time catching a dolphin?
0: So, you caught a dolphin?
1: I, I did. I, I took <laughs> Michael's advice and uh, tried to catch a surf fishing, and I happened to cast and I hooked into a dolphin. Um, so that was into my surf surf fishing journeys. Um, after a stint in jail. <laughs> Apparently, it's illegal to catch a dolphin.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: After jail, I, I got out and uh, I was able to drive down to John's Island, South Carolina. Um, my buddy Brennan, my buddy Brennan, um, his church bought this property down there on the water. A humongous property. It's so big, it's got three lakes. It's got um, deep water, pure access to... The, the river and out into the ocean and I was able to fish the two private bass lakes um, and I absolutely smashed them. Um, they're really big bodies of water actually for, for being private. Uh, I was telling Michael, he has a lake in his town and the two lakes are bigger than that lake. Uh, probably close to like Lake Aeroflux size. So, so they're a good size and you can never beat when you get to fish a private lake?
0: Oh, my God, right? It, it's like, it's, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's cheating in some respects, right? Because my lake's private. And, uh, um, you know, I was out there, what is it, for three hours or so and caught seven fish. In, I mean, it's not always that way. But these fish are not pressured like a lot of the public bodies of water. So I could only imagine being down where you are and fishing literally something that how many people do you think fish it a year? So far it's been one. <laughs> I'm, well, I've, I'm, I'm not jealous. I'm, I'm incredibly happy for you. I, I hate using <laughs> the word I'm jealous. Cause I'm not jealous. Cause I, I I'll, I'll get down there eventually. I hope it got willing, but like, I am happy as hell you got down there and got to do this with Brennan, man. That is freaking awesome. And you're, your pictures. Well, you like you posted today your your trout your I'm sorry, your trout thumb, your bass thumb, which is just unbelievable.
1: My both my thumbs look like that. They were raw. Absolutely raw and, and by the end of the day bleeding. Um Brendan's actually working with uh, uh, the head fish biologist of, of Major League Fishing with the pond. And I'm helping him out. And they were putting feeders out there for, for the brim and bait fish and Know, a couple years time that, that that uh pond's producing some monster monster bass it's called a four and a half and it, it was a huge four and a half it was spawned out so if it wasn't spawned out that thing would probably be about six and a half pounds, pounds. unbelievable
0: and and just so we because we, of course we're going to get some sort of slack if we don't say you know what was the goal of doing this? How did you, obviously it's a private lake. You went in on a, on a kayak, right?
1: Yeah. We were running kayaks, two kayaks.
0: Um, and, and what was the, what was the goal with getting out there and your technique? What were you trying to accomplish? Were you trying to work on anything new or was it just simply let me get out onto the water and and enjoy myself? It
1: was working on something new. I got a lot of tournaments coming up, so it was working on some techniques. Um, also, one of the things we need to be doing down there is catching as much the fish as we can to get a gauge of the size and the health of them. Um, you know, I was throwing a chatterbait a lot. Um, a lot of topwater, frogs, buzzbaits, um, swimbaits. Uh, I was throwing some, some finesse. Um, but mostly swimbaits, chatterbaits, and topwater because, you know, they're fun. And I wanted to work on the, the chatterbait a little bit. Cause it's a really weird bite. A lot of times when the fish bite the chatterbait, they'll eat it and they'll be running at you, swimming towards you at full speed. So a lot of times you don't necessarily even feel them on there. They'll just kind of see like a, feel a little tug. And if you don't reel as fast as you can to pick up that slack, you won't even know you have a fish on there. It's, it's a really weird bite. There is times, like, it's my rods really, I have a chatterbait rods, it's real sensitive. And you can see when the chatterbait's actually moving by the tip, and you can see it's it, it would like stop and start moving again. It almost feels like there's nothing on there, like it's dead weight, and you just got to crank as hard as you can. And it's almost to the point where you're almost back to the boat when you finally feel that fish on there. So it's it's really kind of it can be a weird bite when they're running at you. And um, yeah, I've
0: never caught it on a chatterbait, and I've got to be honest, I, I at the one lake i musky fish at when i get muskied out and i decide to just target whatever the hell else bites i, I throw the chatterbait in there right because it's obviously a noisy chattery sound yeah. that it does and yep. you know it displaces some water which is nice so you know it, it's good for i would assume for catching mu- at least small musky um, and then anything else that sits in that water but what is what do you what do you think, or what do you know to be a chatterbait rod? You said this the other day to me on the phone, and I was intrigued to wonder what the heck that meant.
1: So, my, my rod is specifically made for chatterbait. Um, let me go give you what it's more of like a softer tip. It's almost like a crankbait rod. Um, so, it loads up real easily. Like it's got a real big parabolic bin. And I'll read you the stats off it in one second. I don't know. Meander here through the house illegally with a cigarette in my hand. You might want to cut that out. It could be funny <laughs> when I get yelled at and somebody comes home me like, ah!
0: "Joseph McCormick cigarettes, <laughs> in the living rooms." I don't think so, Mister.
1: That's pretty much it. Yeah, we, mean, it it we all know what that's like, so don't don't worry. So my my Chatterbeat ride it's it's it is a seven zero um, medium heavy moderate fast action. So it's got a fast tip. Mm. So like when you start cranking, you actually feel the blade kicking in the tip. Like the tip will move. Like, you can actually feel it going. And then um, when they bite it, you know, there's times they'll take it and go the other way and they'll just load up right away. But for some reason that day with the wind, they were just taking it and swimming with the current like towards you. So, you, you, you know, you would feel like the and it would stop, almost like stop. And that's how you know there'd be something on there. Um, sometimes that happens. It could be a blade of grass, and like they say. Like you take, you swipe to the side to try to knock the grass off. And if there's weight on there, then it's a fish. But it's a real sensitive rod. But it, you know, it's stout in the backbone, which down by the reel. But it's got a fast tip, so you you really feel everything.
0: a but loads stout up Stout but sensitive. Sounds like Brian.
1: Sounds like Brian. But since it loads up, like, it's got, like, a real big parabolic band so it will load up, too. And it, it, it keeps the fish pin better. Um, okay. Every fish I caught on it, I mean, they weren't they were coming off. Um, there was two I lost because they were swimming at me. I didn't didn't get the slack in quick enough, and they did get off. But every one that I cranked hard enough and fast enough... Um, Did did have the fish pinned perfectly,
0: hooked perfectly. No, I, I I love it. Thank you for letting me know on that one. Um, the
1: Certain techniques you want certain rods. Like if you're drop shotting, you want a very like light rod, like medium light. You want to be able to feel it. Right. absolutely everything. Like for example, my uh, drop shot rod is medium. It's it's really got a fast fast tip. It's real light. I mean, you could feel everything. It was like a noodle. And then I have a small crankbait squarebill rod, which is a spinning rod, which is medium fast, which is supposed to have a real soft tip. So my leader broke because I caught so many fish the first day, <laughs> and then, like, refined, that I used my small crankbait rod, and that thing's supposed to be real sensitive, but I could not feel like I could with my drop shot rod. Like, it was really different, really kind of bizarre um, huh. that a rod would make that much of a difference.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. and I mean, it's amazing that you caught that many fish that you actually lost your leader. Now, I lost my leader a few times in last week, right? And it was uh, frustrating, or I should say earlier this week, I think, right? it was Sunday. Um, it's always a pain in the butt when you're out on the water, even if you're doing shore fishing to, to tie everything else up, right? Um, yep. Yeah, so... You finished the day, and you and Brennan had a little bit of a competition going, right? Or a contest. Who did won the overall?
1: So we basically did like a tournament day, best five fish. We had a shout-out to Rapala. We had a Rapala scales, which the tournament scales, you can lock in your best five fish. and So every time you weigh a fish, it shows what you have, and you can swap them out. Um, Funny, 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 he brings up. The first day I lost because towards the end of the day I lost a three pounder, which would have put me in the lead because right after I caught it, after I lost that fish, I caught a four pounder, which had me like a pound off the lead and that three pounder would have sealed the deal. But the reason I lost the three pounder is because I was lazy. I didn't retie my leader and, um, and I had to use my small crankbait rod for my drop shot and the fish got off because it wasn't the right rod it wasn't sensitive enough and lost the fish and that would have one day one i think he won with like 14 that day i think 14 or 5 and i had just i think i had like 12 9 8 and then the second day i won with 13 nine eight, and he only had like 10 so there, there is bigger fish in there. It's just there's also a lot of like two pounders and, and you know, all around two pound fish. And sometimes those there's, there's smaller fish can be more aggressive and get to the bait before the bigger fish can. So that's kind of what we're at. I mean, there, there's a plethora of, of two pound fish in there. I mean, tons and tons and tons. Um, there's also, we were finding out, seven pounders in there. <laughs>
0: I guess if you if you have almost no pressure at all, right? That's, yeah. I mean, that's pretty freaking cool. I, I mean, that's that's great. And I don't know what you know down there would be there would be uh, the predator or killing the bass, but you gators. know yeah. gators. Yeah,
1: there are gators there. in the pond. There are, there are gators. There's some gators. Nothing big. Okay. They also have a private saltwater area that they go out fly fishing for redfish. Um,
0: now you're, the last now you're day speaking was, to my heart, brother.
1: The last day I was there, um, a few of a few of the guys from Brennan's church um, were headed out to do some paddleboarding. They're going paddleboards to fly fish to redfish at saltwater pond.
0: Paddleboard fly fishing. I love it. Yeah, a lot of people do that down here.
1: A lot of people are starting to do it down in Florida in those flats too. Um, You know, those redfish. They sit up in those flats. You know, you'll see the guys in Florida on those boats with the big platforms. The guy stands up there and pushes and spots the fish. Well, people are finding it pretty fun to do on paddleboards and kind of the same thing in a way. But they they did. They went out paddleboarding with redfish and apparently there's some humongous redfish in
0: there man that's like the dream the dream bro well that sounds incredibly fun um i you know overall once again how many fish did you catch in two days
1: oh god 90
0: Jeez. god bless
1: you (laughs) go wrong
0: really yeah
1: it was weird because the first day brendan was catching a lot i wasn't catching as many yeah but then the second day it was just i could do no wrong and he wasn't catching a ton Um, so it it was fun it was a lot of fun hopefully you'll be able to get down here soon and, and do it too
0: yeah i i would love to man which would segue us into of course um our topic of the day, which is summertime travel, right? So, you know, we're, I think we went from winter to summer here in New Jersey. I, I think Maryland is probably the same. Um, of course, you're in Myrtle, so that's always beautiful down there. Um, I, I cannot even begin to explain to you how happy I am. I love wintertime, but like, there's so much to do in the summertime. And now of course I had the thrill of, of catching my first bass of the year this week and um, I'm back hooked on it, man. Like I I need to get out there and begin, um, begin exploring and and doing all the things that I've been doing every summer since, you know, as long as I can remember. Um, And one of those things is travel, right? We're emerging from this uh, COVID world, right? We'll say uh, quote unquote COVID world. And um things are opening up which is awesome um we're starting to see people you know taking trips you know a lot of these influencers that i've seen they're they're going all over the place which is you know cool um i i myself you know i'm a huge advocate in traveling here domestically in the united states and um you know for those of you who do not know i am you know a former travel, travel, uh, we'll say travel consultant. Um, I used to help people travel uh, all across the world um, for a club that I worked for. And uh, I'm pretty well versed in, in that whole industry, even this far gone now that I'm working in technology. And, you know, people look to the summertime as being the premier travel uh, season, uh, just because of school, right? I think we, we have this whole school mentality that summers your month summers your months that you can actually go away even though some of us aren't in school anymore whether it be college elementary school whatever some of us may not have children um but summertime really echoes that feeling of and longing to get out and explore the world around us whether you know locally you know day trips uh extended weekend trips Uh, week-long trips, you know, domestically or, you know, overseas at this point. I think overseas is still going to be a little bit difficult, right? Of course, uh, some countries still have travel restrictions in place, um, which is why I'm always a big proponent of domestic travel, right? I think that we have this whole nation that is just so vast and beautiful that people don't really explore it for what it is, right? Well, it's so
1: different. Most people don't realize uh, how what's the word I'm thinking of diverse how diverse our country is
0: right and, and and when we say diverse we're meaning the you know the look the feel and you know the yeah. you have mountains you have beaches you have deserts you have and then every mountain Appalachian mountains are completely different than Rocky Mountains. Um, yep. you know and you have the smoky mountains you you know if, if you're a fisherman or fisherwoman I, I mean you could literally travel your entire life going to different bodies of water and never finish in my opinion. Um, and the same would go for mountain climbing. I, I, I'm friends with this, this girl on Instagram. We had gone, uh, she was friends of a friend of Donna and I, and we went to the, um, us open a couple of years ago and she's been traveling around climbing mountains. This has been what she's been doing this whole COVID time. So she's been going from, uh, state to state, literally climbing mountains. I think her original goal was to climb some of the bigger peaks in the world, but because of COVID, she stayed domestically and she's spending some time in Breck right now and doing some of the mountains in and around Breck. Uh, gonna head over to Telluride apparently and do a little bit of, yeah, do a little bit of that. that.
1: She's probably gonna do all the 14,000s in Colorado. That's what I can guess. A lot of people try to do that, all the 14,000 foot peaks in Colorado. Brecker has got the quandary. Kelly Ride has one. The quandary, they say, is one of the easier ones to start with because it's. I think I've told before. The mountains is like a almost seems like a pyramid shape. It's got this real mellow incline of fourteen thousand feet. I know. I know. There's people who spend years trying to climb every fourteen thousand foot peak in Colorado alone, but just you know, my mother said years ago. I mean, the Midwest and even the the mid-northwest, the difference in scenery is is bizarre, you know, a bit bizarre, of, of stuff you would never think would be so close to you and, and look to go to go look it out, you know, like the Dakotas and even I remember driving through Kansas for the first time. It kind of blew my mind driving through all those rolling prairies. That was something to see. Now I hate driving through Kansas
0: because
1: takes <laughs> it, so long, but
0: the longest damn, it's like driving through Connecticut, right? It's the longest yeah, ride yeah, ever.
1: It could be like Connecticut. Yeah,
0: they Which say drives, I haven't done, yeah, Iowa. Like that. I haven't done yeah, Iowa. Like yeah. It, it, you know, that's kind of, there's this intrigue, right. With the great American road trip. Right. I think, um, you know Jack Kerouac on the road uh, portrays it so well if you're into that kind of uh, tantric style of writing or beat writing. And um, people want to do it, it's a rite of passage. Uh, if you have not done an epic road trip, I would highly recommend it. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be something as, as big as traveling across the country. You know, just take a road trip and go a couple state of ways right? Like, if you're living here where I live in New Jersey, go to Tennessee. Like, it's close enough where you're not going to kill yeah. yourself and you don't need to take weeks off to get there. Um, but it's also far enough away where it's going to blow your mind at the scenic, you know, overlooks and the, you know, mountain passes and, you know, watching the, the Smokies, you know, watch the sunrise over the Smokies. Like that's, what more can you ask for?
1: What is the Blue Ridge, the Blue Ridge Parkway? Is that the real one?
0: Well, so, yeah. So if you take... So hey I guess we can segue into Skyline drive, what, Skyline, Skyline drive, well, Skyline Drive is part of Blue Ridge Parkway. So Blue Ridge Parkway, something, yeah, yeah. Brian and I did that. We there was some sort of security threat when we were supposed to go visit our grandfather down in Florida when he was still alive. And um I said, You know what? I just got my car at the time. I said, You know what? Let's drive. Like we'll throw the rods in the car. We'll throw our stuff in the car. We'll make, we'll make a trip out of it. Right. Um, We made it down to Florida in record time. And on the way back, we were like, you know what? Let's take our sweet time coming home. uh, Meander through the Carolinas a little bit, um, you know, stop, have barbecue, you know, we'll stop uh, in Appalachia a little bit and took the Blue Ridge Parkway up. And my goodness gracious, man, like I've done skyline drive from North South And that's a beautiful ride. I did that when I drove cross country, but um, do yourself a favor and do the Blue Ridge Parkway at some point in your life. And it doesn't always have to be in summertime. It's probably, probably the most packed in the summertime would be my guess. Um, But like we did it in November and it was unbelievably gorgeous. I mean, there was ice forming on the tops of the trees. Now the trees of course were barren because, you know, it's fall and, you just had ice just formulating on it because you're up there in elevation and the way the yeah. sun was dancing <laughs> was off of it was beautiful. Yeah. Or, you know,
1: another good place to go to is Snowshoe, West Virginia. Get to West Virginia. People have this view of West Virginia, but I'm here to tell you West Virginia is one of the most beautiful states in this, this country, along with South oh. Carolina. I, I, For I example, believe it. People, people think South Carolina they just think the beach. Let me tell you. This state is gorgeous from the coast to to the western parts, and there's so many natural national wildlife refuges and all that. It's it's insane. So just the drive from here down to you know Johns Island, which is just south of Charleston, where did I say I drove through like three or four national wildlife refuges?
0: Yeah, yeah, like
1: it, just- absolutely insanely gorgeous. Um,
0: Yep and you were you were telling me as you were going we we were on the phone for part of it and just seeing yep. like going on google and, and mapping it out and looking at pictures was just uh, unbelievable man like the the beauty of this world i mean should be enough to stop your breath right cuz it really is um you know just if if everyone just saw the world for what it is and kind of took Took a moment to enjoy the sights, the sounds, the smells, the cultures. We'd be in a way better off place, right? Like the, I don't know. Not to get all, yep. oh, I'll you know, hippy dippy on that one, but
1: I'll tell. I'll tell you what. I'll tell yeah. you this. Tuesday, driving down there, I left like at four thirty in the morning for you Yeah. So I was cross crossing the Santee, What's it called? The Santi um, Delta. Right when the sun was coming up. And let me tell you, that was something to see. It was amazing, the colors that were coming from the sky. Like, I've never seen anything like it. And and that's the drive I would make every day. 100 miles down there, I would do it every day, pleasure. Because then you hit Charleston. And when you're coming into, like, Mount Pleasant, which leaves right in the Charleston, it looks like you're in Rodeo Drive.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: All these old plantation homes around you, and you're still in the water. And then you go into Charleston. And when you go into Charleston, you go over this crazy bridge, and Fort Sumter's to your left out in the harbor. And you're right there on the ocean. It's insane. Insane. I mean, just think South Carolina. You got Lake Murray, Lake Hartwell, Santee Cooper with Lake Marion, Lake Moultrie, Clarks Hill. Absolutely insanely gorgeous. Like out by Clemson by Hartwell. Oh my God. Some of the most beautiful country I've ever been in. It's insane. And think about it all these years I've been coming down here, and not till recently have I been going out that way. Mind blowing.
0: I, uh, I, you know where I'm at, man. That's, um, I absolutely love, I, I love traveling. I, I, will say that and it's just one of those amazing things that you like I said I, I have this love of exploring the world around me um, but to me to be honest you know summertime has been going to New England um, since we were little kids right so I yeah. think of summer and I think of going to Cape Cod I think of going to Rhode Island I think of going to you know Martha's Vineyard and block Island and, you know, spending the summer up there. And uh, you know, you have, I was talking to Donna about, about going to Cape Cod and, and, you know, obviously luckily she was, her and I were still dating when my grandparents lived up in Rhode Island and, you know, sharing something that you enjoyed as a kid, as an adult, you know, to build new memories is also part of what it is that this crazy thing called life is. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's what you're doing with Riley, right? With, with Myrtle Beach, you're, you're building new memories of going to a place that she's going to want to go to for the rest of her life, hopefully. Um, oh, you she's been
1: trim- down here. She's, she's been coming here since she was a newborn. We, yeah. When she was a newborn, we stayed. So Myrtle Beach encompasses a huge area. They call it the grandstand for a reason. Pretty much on 17, once you cross North Carolina, lot like once you come across the bridge in little river north carolina and south carolina that's start that's the start of north myrtle beach and and then from there all the way down to south myrtle to georgetown georgetown's like a 64 mile drive so i think i think the grandstand's like 77 miles long so myrtle beach is a huge huge area (laughs) that encompasses Um, and, and like i said like you said she's been coming down here since she was a baby and now she wants to go to school down here and i have a feeling she's going to eventually end up living down here cuz we all are i
0: mean yeah
1: my mom my mother and stepfather will be down here in a year's time they'll be down here for the rest of their lives
0: just, and there's nothing young. there's nothing wrong with that there i mean is. that's that's awesome i mean that's like I don't know. I'm, I'm a big proponent of having a place to call home. Right at the same time, I'm also a big proponent of exploring. Right. I, I don't think I'll ever feel uncomfortable going to places that I've, that I grew up, you know, going to as a kid. Right. Like, I I didn't go to the Jersey Shore. I mean, now as an adult, I go a little bit more often. Um, but you know, we don't vacation down there. Right. Like, I I do day trips. Um, you know, to me, like, I want to do, I want to go to the woods, you know, I, lately, of course, you know, Lake George, I've been going to Lake George, right, like, the past couple of years, and that's, that's awesome, right, and that's something to bring, you know, Donna into the fold with. Um Well, like, I, I told my mom, I said, you know what, upstate New York, if, if they didn't have the winners they do, Yeah. How would
1: they live in there? because upstate, especially when you get up there, you know, by St. Lawrence and Absolutely gorgeous, but I, I just I can't do sub zero winters. No, it's think? crazy, right? Um, summertime up there when it's 78, 80 degrees, 84 during the day, and then like 64 at night. Oh my god.
0: Well it's supposed to be 80 this 80 this weekend up there. Like that's, that's nuts.
1: And well, it, no springtime in Maryland. Like when I left Maryland, I think it was like 50 was the high. Yeah. And now I'm 90. I got a tournament Saturday on the bay, and I think it's going to be uh, 88. My last tournament out there was two weeks ago, and it was—I was in my bibs the whole tournament, pretty much. It's, it's crazy how it seems like in the Middle Atlantic we just there's no more spring. <laughs>
0: It's like every every so often this happens, right? And then you get like uh, a couple years where the springtime comes, and then you know we get back into this whole motion where it's like winter, and then you kind of have like all right, a warm day where it might you could you could say it was springish, and then all of a sudden it's freezing again, and then it's ninety degrees, and you're like, what the heck just happened? I think I got a chigger. Oh no! Oh man! Oh no! Oh no! Can't tell. Dude, I'm not a fan of those things, man. I had a whole conversation with my with my mother about them. She goes, "I'm I'm really confused. I'm gonna do the voice. I was. I'm really confused as to what this is. <laughs> I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Mom? I'm like, I'm like, like I'll Google it. you Google pictures. She's like, I don't want to see it. It's like, <laughs> it's like oh, I don't know how to explain. Like I said, picture a tick, right? <laughs> like, it's a, a lot it's of picture people- tick. <laughs> That's um, red yeah uh, so but you know I oh, c- coming up on 40 people... we're coming up on 40 here I was gonna say' oh, um, goes, we're, goes fast. it goes way fast man uh, you know we've got two minutes I, I wanted to finish by saying you know for those of you who can get out and explore you know in travel and see the world By all means, please do let us know where your favorite places are in the world, um, in your backyards and uh, domestically. Um, We'll continue to share some of our favorite places, right? So, like I said, I absolutely adore New England. Um, Joe's Joe's on a South Carolina kick. I can't comment on that outside of...
1: I love New England, too. (laughs) Uh, I do. I just... I absolutely love New England, but yeah. once you get down here, if if you're in the fish, any type of fishing, absolute heaven. You know, yeah. and uh, amazing. And the water, I'm looking at the water, it's emerald green. <sighs> and and, and in I don't know. I just I love it down here. And I love love this sub came here. But real quick, back what you said. When we were kids, my mom, my dad worked all summer, my mom and I we, we would take like weekend trips up to Lancaster or like intercourse PA and like see the homage and just travel around like that. I mean, even if you could just get away somewhere in your state, there's stuff you didn't know that's there. Be surprised. Yeah. Uh,
0: that's a, a good thing to leave on because Joe always words of wisdom. And I also have to say Joe that uh, you absolutely helped me this week uh, with choosing what to throw. Uh, right, when I went bass fishing, so uh, I can say without any doubt, without any doubt, of course, my neighbor decides that he's going to start, you know, blowing down his leaves right now as I'm on on this, but, you know, this is a daily occurrence, ladies and gentlemen, Um, but, you know, I can say that to take the advice of those around you who do it better than you and, and you will be successful, right? Like, but also don't be afraid to experiment, right? I was experimenting yeah, with sure. a few different techniques and um you know I threw I threw a wacky worm a few times, right? That's something I never do. Um, you know, I, I didn't catch anything, but I had my nephew do it and he caught two pickerels, right? Like It works. Like, it works. You just get out and explore, try it out, and uh, listen to Joe when he says to do something. I called you.
1: If I didn't try new things, I wouldn't be having the success I'm having. Um, Yeah.
0: With playing around with
1: finesse, because that's something that can save you when the bite is really, really tough. There's a reason, I'm not being funny, that these Japanese anglers come over here and, and crush it. All right. Yeah. Apparently, Rangers met the neighbors across the balcony, along oh. with the pugs. So,
0: well, well, well. Hey, Ranger, well, good to hear well, well. from you, buddy. Um, I know well, it's
1: been a while since he spoke
0: up. I know he's been he's been not that he's not good, but he's been good as far as that goes. Uh, yes, yes. Well, everyone, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. As you can hear, the pugs are now joining in in the conversation. So. Uh, with that i bid you adieu and uh have a great weekend we'll talk to you next week joe i'll adieu. keep you posted from my jaunt north and uh we'll talk to everyone later all right later all right thank you all right so that was michael hacker and joey mccormick of the hacker outdoors podcast we hope you enjoyed what you heard and if you did please leave us a rating a review give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever it is you choose to do. I'm smiling, of course, at that one. Um, And we appreciate you subscribing. I hope you have a great weekend and hope to see you back here next week. Thank you, everyone.